The Halo universe is filled with wonder, mystery, and fascinating discoveries around every corner. With so much to explore, four friends decided it was about time that they boot up the consoles and discuss this universe that has grabbed their attention since childhood. Jumperscape Audio kindly welcomes you to join them in the library. Holy shit, you found another- Welcome to the library, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the show where we go into Halo lore in a way more approachable way by making it about friendship. That's- <laughs> that's how this show that works. That might be the worst thing you've ever said no, it, on this podcast. It is about- is it not about- am I not- am I not correct? That- that is what this it's is- about a, Halo. I mean, sure, it's about- but Halo through the lens of friendship. Halo is more important than friendship. But- <laughs> Okay, well- he is one person. He does not speak for all. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, today is a special episode, aside from the fact that we get to talk about ODSTs, and I'm semi-completely obsessed over ODSTs and their whole shtick. Uh, today, we have very special guests on for with us today. Uh, we have Josh and Anthony from the production of November Black, an ODST short film. November Black is shaping up to be one of the coolest things that any Halo fan team has ever put out, uh, creating a story that is not only coherent, but actually really, really cool. Because we have plenty of Halo short films that have come out in the past uh, in the live action scene, but we've never really seen anything like what these guys are presenting, which, of course, if you want to hear more about what they're doing, how this is all coming together, what their team is comprised of, how they planned all this out, you can feel free to join us after this show in the Terminals After Show uh, over on our Patreon We'll be talking about that for a little bit, talking about uh, the other members of their team, talking about potentially maybe some, maybe a little bit of plot. Right, we can talk about a little bit of plot. I don't know. Who knows? But <laughs> if, you, if you're interested in that conversation, you can feel free to join us over on our Patreon. But for now, with the assistance of two authentic, real ODSTs, <laughs> we're going to be talking about the orbital drop shock troopers of the UNSC, informally referred to as Hell Jumpers. Uh, so back on with the actual, uh, the goal of today's episode with ODSTs, uh, speaking of things that were kind of jank, the start of the ODSTs is actually probably one of the most fascinating parts of their overall story. Uh, first of all, connecting to real life stuff for a long time. And I'm talking like probably 20 years now, there's been talk of some branch, like some divergence from the air force and the Marines where, especially now with Space Force, uh, there's going to be some sort of like higher than a halo jump insertion pod that could, you know, travel across the earth to any location it needs to be in in like 30 minutes. And then they just have these dudes that are inside all kitted up and stuff just jump <laughs> and fall all the way back down to earth for their deployment. And it's like, I, I'm down. Like, I'll... I'll <laughs> like I'm I'm looking at him like yeah sure I'm, I mean I would never want this to happen to me I would never want to see that and they're after me <laughs> but like I would love to see a demonstration you know like in one of those uh, one of those veteran uh, celebrations that they have uh, or occasionally you just get some people that are like is that are those a couple dots in the distance no those those are entire human beings that are falling from space <laughs> Because we're talking like I could I could launch from whatever airstrip I'm in in the U.S., fly across the planet, across borders in 30 minutes and then deploy in 
you know, uh, North Korea. <laughs> like, you yeah, guys comparatively, that's pretty instant. It's 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 really quick. Like, that's really fast. Um, also, along with what he was saying, how uh, sci uh, sci fi like what people are growing up with is influencing how people are making things in real life now. That's like with uh, Elon Musk when he made his rocket. Um, it was influenced by the dictator because yeah, yeah, the exactly. dictator is like it's supposed to be more pointy and so they made the rocket more pointy even though he said like to a certain degree it is worse than <laughs> if it was more blunt yeah yeah he said like the aerodynamics is just like a slightly worse yeah <laughs> it's amazing i absolutely love that interesting which isn't the one that, that exploded recently. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that. The pointy end. Oh, I was going to say, that would have been hilarious if it was the one that just freaking blew up. I think it was. Oh, <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. I would love to see that sort of stuff start happening, though, with like orbital insertion just for the fun of it. I mean, there was this fun conversation that people have been. There was a petition, I think, two years ago, actually, where we had first started getting some conversation that was like really popular about the option of orbital insertion. And people were like, okay. What's the armor the Space Force should use? ODST armor or clone trooper armor? <laughs> yes. It's the only right and answer. People actually did start combining the two. And they were like, what? Oh, do they really? Yeah, there was like artists that were combining them before, you know, AI took their jobs. Uh, they started combining the two. <laughs> I love the combinations That's... of armors. It looks so nice. It's so cool. It's so neat. I, there's probably still images floating around out there. I would definitely look into them because they they look so incredible. And, you know, if we had a visual representation of this podcast, I would show it here. But I didn't have that in the works when I when I uh, when we worked together to make this happen. So it's not going to happen. You'll have to just look it up you for yourself. It Timmy. surprisingly well. <laughs> the ODS team with a Mando helmet. I have seen that. I, 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 what was the guy's name? I want to say that I've seen the guy who did that. Um, I, I mean, I did with my toys, and then all, before Mandalorian came out, and then Mandalorian popularized it. But yeah, I, I have my one six scale ODSC with a Mando helmet, and it, yeah, it yeah, the Boba Fett helmet, and it, it works so well. That that sounds like it actually does look incredible. I've seen a lot yeah, of yeah, they're stuff, like proportioned so. really well for each other. That's good. I mean, they they probably are following similar scaling, thankfully, so that probably does help a lot. That's good, though. I think, though, like getting back to like the the tactical side of ODST, like they're basically though like a futuristic paratrooper. You know, actually, that's exactly what it is. If you're talking about lore, um, that's exactly what they are. Because the funniest part about it is that they their roots were from paratroopers in the 20th and 21st century, and then yeah. uh, the United Nations created the first concept of the ODST in 2129, which was basically like they could jump from high places and they had uh, jump jets. So it's kind of like the jetpack in Halo Reach. They kind of like the bullfrogs, basically. They would jump out of whatever aircraft they were in at the time really high up in the air and then just use jetpacks to land without breaking their legs or lose their lives. Uh, and that started in growing the, the interest in, hey, let's make this more effective, a little bit more intense fast we need it faster we need it so that our our guys can bring in all of their equipment without having to weigh themselves down um so 2163 was when uh the unsc marine corps and the unsc itself started to sort of become its own entity and they they started sort of developing the concept of the pod at that point but the odsts were stuck in sort of a political spiral and so people didn't really know if they wanted to have 
the the concept of you know, at any point, you could just have somebody drop on your house and yeah, <laughs> just take you out. Could you imagine, like, <laughs> in today's climate, if the government was like, "Yeah, we can just like land in your house in 15 minutes. <laughs> we can have a full platoon of That's dudes terrifying. just pull up." That's such a terrifying thought, and you wouldn't even see them because they're in freaking space. <laughs> so you wouldn't. Hey, hey, look, a shooting star. It's getting bigger. <laughs> you know, in the uh, the trailer, the we are ADST trailer, when they're jumping. Yeah, that's actually from today. Um, when you land in a parachute, you're supposed to land. You like roll to your side. Oh wow! Th- them jumping down as a par- modern paratrooper, you actually have to do that over and over and over and over and over again, just jumping off a box. <laughs> so, because if not, so you'll break your me. leg. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I've gotten a lot of stories. My grandfather was, uh, he was a candidate for the pararescue. He didn't get in because it was at the very tail end of the Vietnam War. And so by the time that he was going to qualify, it was over. <laughs> so there was nothing to it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he told me so many stories about what that was like. Um, and it's wild to just be like, it sounds so mundane, but it's also so uh, important. <laughs> it, you know, and it's, it's getting harder. Because, um, you know, when you fight, uh, so I, I'm allowed to talk about the Ukraine war, right? You can, if you want. Um, the Russians, actually. So, like, a lot of things paratroopers do is they get in and they take high-value, like, targets, like, airfields and stuff out of yeah. commission. And they hold them. Usually what they do is they hold them so that they can use those airfields uh, for friendly forces later. Gotcha. But it's getting harder and harder because of air defenses are getting so good to actually utilize paratroopers properly. Yeah, and that would that, that sort of stuff is the stuff that freaked me out. I mean, the concept that uh, – that, the first time I ever got scared of a concept like that of being like, you know, you're a paratrooper and you just get blasted out of the sky by, you know, 50 MG <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, surprisingly enough, uh, when I was a kid playing uh, – what was it called? Medal of Honor Airborne. Yes, I remember that <laughs> I vividly. Thus, was the, just about to go there. So good, such a good game. What aircraft the, is that? C forties. The the key like the key locations that you would land, but like marked with green smoke. And every time, like like if you landed somewhere where there was like green smoke, and you got like a perfect landing, you'd get rewarded with like uh like a rifle scope or like a round drum for your console yeah. or something like that no that game was lit dude <laughs> and if that's you... backwards compatible i actually played that a few weeks back it's so I good sure the guys like waiting to jump and they were just getting swacked by flack yeah if you go anywhere off the mark you risk of getting yourself blasted out of the sky it happens it's awful it's it's good it's really really good i i always appreciated medal of honor and its uh, attempt to try to maintain as much realism while adding cinema t- cinematic qualities to it but oh, it's so good uh brian a while ago you you wanted to say something yeah it's just the like logistically like you're talking about how it's hard to it's hard now to use paratroopers more effectively because of how good air defenses are um with something like odsts if we were able to develop something like the pod like i feel like the drop pod that would get them in as fast like even if it's anywhere somewhere close to as fast as it is in the game i know like we're gonna have to do some sort of inertial dampening in order to keep people <laughs> from just becoming pulp when they wham soup yeah exactly because <laughs> even stopping fast can kill you like yeah that's <laughs> like if we can somehow figure out how to get somewhere close to that speed the pods are going to be as terrifying as the person who comes out of it. 
like <laughs> like with what you guys were saying you just someone just drops into your house like from orbit a pod coming out like your <laughs> half your house is going to be obliterated it can't burn up and it has to be able to stop without killing you right yeah. that that would be an insane like technical thing to overcome but if it works the pod is going to be terrifying mm-hmm and but also cool. It, it's a, it's a scary thing. Malfunctions, the door doesn't open. <laughs> oh man, that one. I, I I remember. That's probably why they they wanted to bring up. The, it's it's a tutorial thing, but it also probably did help a lot in the the whole asking questions department. Is that intro for ODST where you have to use the emergency release to get out? I was gonna say I loved that plot element in Halo 3 ODST. <laughs> Uh, the fun thing about the ODSTs, though, especially in the early thing, was after they became such a political thing, they actually they did not make any form of advancement for like 300 years. Yeah, ODSTs were a very new thing. Uh, they were just not used. Uh, the But the first time that they were actually used for, for the first time in a long time as an actual major military element was 2490, which was when the insurrectionists became a problem. Um. Uh, so they were they were using pretty much they would take the best of the best of the best and turn them into better <laughs> uh give them these new designations they have their own special ranking systems and all of that and then give them the highest tech that the UNSC could offer basically providing them with all of the technology to completely cheese the enemy uh and they started just throwing them at the insurrection because they they were the most effective at taking them down their armor was slightly inspired off of the stuff that was happening with spartans because their armor is somewhat similar and some same, same right. thing goes for their the fact that osts are a little juiced They're, they got a little bit of juicing going on yeah they got a little bit of enhancements from like the orion program right yeah that, okay, yeah that, that kind of leads into my a question i have it might be jump, jumping ahead a little bit but like what i mean using buck as an example like what like how, how did the transition from odst to spartan how did that happen how did that happen it's honestly not that complicated is it, like a, is it like a rank thing was there like any so a, anything else involved in that spartans carry what's up june kept asking to recruit him into it <laughs> he's just harassing <laughs> Buck. yeah he did just constantly blowing hey. up his cell phone <laughs> hey uh, but the but the general thing with like the transition for Spartan Force, since that's kind of right. looping in the entirety of Spartan Force, uh, they, they were taking in adults by that point, obviously. And they kind of the simplest answer for it is that they had found a way to streamline the process so that any grown adult could become a Spartan, thus taking out the factor of, you know, child indoctrination. <laughs> they they would pretty much just juice them up, given these uh, super serum setups that were more safe for adults to take because if you were to take the spartan 2 serum for example you had to grow into it if you try to take it sooner your body would just kind of shut down uh and of course that's important to be able to to have that because if you don't have the serum you're not gonna be able to use the armor i don't know if the mjolnir armor is still the same as it was before but before if you didn't have the super soldier serum that would enhance your reflexes and your body then the armor would move so fast then it would kill you. They would just literally mangle your body and the armor. <laughs> so I don't know if that's still a problem, Sick. but uh, ODSTs, when they were given the option to to join up, they were just trying to bolster the Spartan 4 forces, considering how Spartan 4s are. I mean, if we're being real, they're just slightly better ODSTs with shields. Um, well, isn't the ultimate goal of the UNSC is to have its entire, like, the entire, like, 
infantry be basically a version of a Spartan. They want all of their soldiers juiced, yeah. Right. Which that plays into, I believe, with Halo 4 and 5. It gets, they go into it a little bit in Halo 4. Mm-hmm. Palsy talks about ODST. it. Yeah, the lack of ODST is because majority of the ODST after the Covenant War just became Spartans. Up- upgraded to Spartans. Yeah, yeah that's If they didn't out. retire from the mere offer. <laughs> right. I, I, for, I forget what Halo... It might have been 4 where Halsey was talking about the Spartan program being the destiny of the human him. species. It's like the, a lot of ODSCs retired after post Covenant War. They're given the opportunities like, hey, do you, want, do you want to become a Spartan? It's like, do I want to be a human or do I want to be a badass? Or- yeah, and, and although for the ODSTs, it, more, it was more like, am I still morally against Spartans since since those ODSTs did not like Spartans? <laughs> they were really until like, given the op- until they're like, do you want to become one? Oh, shit, man. I don't they're like, oh, wait a second. This is an option. I can do that. <laughs> It's it's so funny to see this sort of 180, but then again, not all of the ODSTs carried that same level of animosity. It um, was just it was a very shared wrong. It was a very shared opinion of like the Spartans are dangerous, and we worked to get how good we are. How come they just have all this respect despite not being nearly as experienced as I am? That sort of thing. Um, which it should be noted, so ODSTs knew they were kidnapped as kids and <laughs> yeah. raised to be soldiers. And and some of the ODSTs did know that, and they were. That's another reason why they were morally against it was because those OD, mm. there were some ODSTs that knew that they were teenagers, and they're like, "That's just fucked. Why are we letting that happen? That's that's terrible." Um, and then of course, them being teenagers, and they're still better than the ODSTs. But it should be noted though that the ODSTs are not pushovers. Uh, I think it's in the book Silent Storm. Uh, we meet a ODST battalion by the name of the Black Daggers. Those guys are next level. Those two guys are nuts. They uh, This is like early in the Human Covenant War. They're preparing for an operation where they have to take out some Covenant uh, stations that are all connected to each other. It's for some larger goal. And the Black Daggers are assigned to Blue Team and some other Spartans, Spartan 2s. And they're all training together on this ship as they approach the mission location. And they have this like sort of... Uh, you guys know about... Um, the have you seen, have you guys seen the Ender Ga- Ender's Game movie or read the books? I just oh my goodness! I just watched that not too long ago, and I was just talking to somebody about it when I was getting my hair cut earlier. <laughs> I literally just talked about it today. It's it's not it's not a great movie. It's a, not a great movie, but it is a great book series. Um, there is uh, Marine Corps recommends reading it. It's it's really good. It's not like no no kidding. Um, it's a great book. So pretty much, there's a scene in Silent Storm that is very similar to what happens in Ender's Game, where there's a zero grav training session, where in zero gravity you have to take down the enemy team. Like it's a it's a Slayer match basically. Uh, so you have like a team of ODSTs versus blue team, and obviously for the first like twenty games. They're winning every time, but the ODSTs never once back down. They keep on. They they keep on saying, "We're gonna go again. We're gonna go again." Eventually, the ODSTs start going on a winning streak. They start absolutely dominating blue team. These black daggers had something else going on. They understood these Spartans to a ridiculous degree, and that's why even though Spartans were coming in to replace them, ODSTs maintained the the respect factor because they were actually good at what they did, just off of natural instinct and skill. So. There was nothing lost when Spartan Force came about because, like, some ODSTs did go over, some ODSTs retired, but there are ODSTs that still exist to this day that are just kind of waiting for them to be deployed because they're not as ne- as needed as they were before. It, you know, so 
it kind of makes sense though. Like, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. If you're indoctrinated as a child to fight a certain way, you might fight the same way almost every time. Yeah. Kind of like what you see with the clones in Star Wars. Exactly. I so, mean, like, it also kind of calls into with with the Marines. We did a lot of history, and I guess through history, a lot of enemies have issues with the Marines is because they're we don't know what we're doing on the field. But whatever <laughs> we're doing, we are proficient at. Yeah, I think there's a famous Russian lieutenant that says Americans don't read their manuals or follow the policies, so they're really hard to prepare to fight. <laughs> that is hilarious. As, as someone who is... That's, hmm? What's the saying? It's like the the most skilled person does not fear the next most skilled person. He fears the inexperienced. <laughs> yeah. I, there's just no predicting what they're going to do. As someone who has a has a buddy who just got out of the Marines after like four years of, of doing artillery stuff, it's hilarious hearing the stories that come out of his mouth. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, but that was kind of the that was that was a good way to answer your question. Then Shane was just it. It was an easy conversion if you wanted to take that option, but if you didn't, then you could either retire, which was obviously just an option on the table for them, or you uh, could stay enlisted. Uh, other Marines would that are new to the UNSC, they would have the option, obviously, to try to train up to ODST status, so, but it, it right. wasn't as prominent after the human. Could you imagine so, replacing like eighty percent of your unit with <laughs> fresh guys? It was not uh, not fun. That was, I would love to see if there's. So a, I I do have a follow up question to that Ooh, though. Being question. slightly ignorant to you know the the ODST lore. Mm -hmm. So again, backtracking to the previous question, like the the, the end game for the UNSC is make everyone um, a badass Spartan uh, as quickly as they possibly can of sorts. So yeah, right. So w when it comes to the ODSTs, do they like will they keep the ODST name and drop in? As Spartans, like, will they be Spartan ODSTs, or will they just be Spartans that use a drop pod and come in the same way that ODSTs did prior? So that when eventually the the entire conversion is completed, that would come into speculation by that point because there's nothing that is plainly clear as to what the plan is there. But the the right. the way that you could probably look at it, that I look at it, is it's it would be dumb for them to drop the concept of the ODSTs, especially since right. the ODSTs themselves are so effective. The strategy um, itself, other than the soldiers, is yeah. genuinely And if you're really on Halo, if you read the armor pieces on Halo Infinite, like the I think it's called the Hellfire, the one that looks like a a good ODST version, Halo three four three is made. Yeah. If you start reading all those <laughs> ODST parts, it seems like that there is some sort of acknowledgement to ODST Spartans. Yeah. Which that makes sense. Halo that Infinite does trailer, make sense. They drop out of drop pods. Yeah, they do. there are drop pods that, like Spartan Spartans, do use those things, and the concept of the ODSTs just can't be let go of because I mean they're so effective at what they do. Um, right. Hey there, Halo fans! Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with our friends right after these messages. The thing that will primarily change what I'm thinking is if there are ODSTs that are making the switch to Spartans or new recruits are going into whatever it might be that could be the conglomeration of Spartans and ODSTs as its own little branch. Uh, ODSTs already get juiced as it is. Like every soldier in the UNSC gets juiced, but like Marines get a smaller dose. The ODSTs get a completely different mm -hmm. dose that still gives Wait, them. Wait, every every soldier in the UNSC is juiced. Yeah, in a, in a different I way. I did not know that. Like, I mean, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, did not did, did did not know that. Yeah. Like I did, I obviously I didn't expect some some random you know grunt to get the same amount as you know someone like the Master Chief, but like I didn't know like in general. Yeah, because like Spartan, every single soldier was completely juiced. Yeah, Spartans I did not know get that. a special formula that is designed for their specific body. Uh, ODSTs right, so get a special uniform mixture of various stimulants and such that get mixed in and are sort of it's not, mixed in the eggs. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and, eggs. and then uh, Marines they get like I, I don't know maybe they get a little Adderall or something. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I would imagine <laughs> in the future like they probably regulate their diet and everything. Yeah, and and this probably this isn't like completely different because I I mean I've heard a lot of things about like how many shots you're required to take when you enter into service. Um. Yeah, <laughs> that does make looking back on it that does make sense too because I the, during the games there's no reason some average Joe Schmo five foot eleven Marine should be able to punch a brute in the gut and kill him and flip a warthog. <laughs> So it checks out that they have some type of, you know, like it's exaggerated for the games, of course, but it's it, they do have a form like a slightest bit of augmentation, to right? Make them more effective right. in the field. So then they, it's mostly geared towards things like stamina and stuff. So you can run farther. Yeah. Someday I learn something new. I learn something new every week. So <laughs> I would not join them. That. Propaganda. It's like join us and you get juice for free. I'll join. I mean, oh, sure. Yeah, like, uh, like they leave out the fact there's fucking aliens everywhere. It's like there's it's like the, the UNSC propaganda poster that's like today, tomorrow, forever. What they're referring to is not your service. They're referring to how long you'll be juiced. <laughs> <laughs> forever. You know what? Things are starting to add up. <laughs> it all makes sense now. Uh, I'm just trying to be lore accurate when I do these roids. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm just trying to be an ODST in the future, you know? This is the way that I'm being supportive. I'm supporting scientific growth. I'm going to join up until that's my drill sergeant. Like, no context. <laughs> he, they, they start notice me, noticing me bulk up and have massive freaking muscles like two weeks into boot camp. <laughs> and I just I just want to be lore accurate to the ODSTs. <laughs> like, no context. See what he says. Like, it, that, what the hell? That like, reminds me so much smoking? of... Uh, I have a buddy who is like... He's he's like middle-aged dude. He was, uh, he was in the... Air Force. He was a. He was a. I, I think in the Air Force they they call him drill uh, drill sergeants. But he was a drill guy, uh, and he's he was a drill guy at the time that Modern Warfare Two came out, the original one. <laughs> and he was like the amount of pansies, dude. <laughs> like he hated it. Uh, he thought he thought it was hilarious, but there were so many of them that were like they wanted to be a soldier from Call of Duty. Yeah, believe it or not, um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Yeah. Two, um, did you notice? So you notice how Call of Duty Modern Warfare One was like Marines, and then all of a sudden it switched to Army. Yeah, uh, that was a huge marketing campaign by the United States Army. Oh, sweet, good for them. You know, it worked. Wow. <laughs> it's fun fact: pretty much anything that, without question, uh, positively portrays like the U.S. Armed Forces is <laughs> U.S. Army propaganda. If you look at the credits, the U.S. Army donated and paid. <laughs> It'll always say that in the credits. How much really? really? the Navy paid for the live-action Battleship movie? I'm not gonna lie. Good, yeah, good funding. That I I think that. I, listen, man. Any movie that you make a battleship drift, I'm good. I'm sold. I'll watch it. <laughs> I'm good. That's it. How do you And that was like with Top Gun. Uh, 
they got an insane amount, the Navy got an insane amount of uh, uh, applicants. People joined up to the Navy because of Top Gun. Yep, that, that, was, that was that was that was I wanted to be a middle middle pilot. That's the only way you get access to like actual U.S. Army like hardware, like yeah. tanks and planes and weapons and. You like, know what? You have to. The, the funny thing is, too, I remember, like, it's it's so wild that this comes up, because, I mean, obviously it's outdated, but I remember reading there was a huge spike in um, field medics that signed up after Hacksaw Ridge came out. Oh, yeah. If you guys have ever seen Hacksaw you know, I know Hacksaw Ridge yep, is like yep. a World War II movie, but I, I read somewhere that there was another spike in, you know, signups and specifically field medics after watching Hacksaw Ridge. Media works, man. There's a reason why. I mean, and it's funny. People no, could be like, why are we getting off topic? We're not. UNSC propaganda exists. No, it sure does. <laughs> There's actually, this was this is one of my favorite theories I've ever heard, is that the Halo franchise is canon. <laughs> that's scary. Like, it's, 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 it's a, it's a game series. Like, it's a game series that was developed by the Office of Naval Intelligence to get children to sign up for the UNSC when they grow up. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I actually wow. like that. That's the best conspiracy theory I've heard in a long time. I'm like, oh my gosh, because like the stories that they're telling are supposed to be real, but they're slightly altered to make it sound like, like, kind of like with Hunt the Truth, how Halo 2's events did happen, but it was much more brutal than what the games showed. Uh, yeah, th that that sort of thing. People are like, wait, why is it different? Why is it different than the real story? What happened? <laughs> and so people are like, it's the freaking office, dude. They're trying to make it so that I sign up for the UNSC and it's working. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's plenty of that. And ODSTs were all over propaganda, especially after what happened in 2526, which everyone knows what happened in 2526 because I'm assuming everyone here has watched uh, Ford Unto Dawn, the Halo 4 miniseries. Such a good movie. It's really good. It's really good, and yeah, a certain a certain show on uh, HBO should uh, take notes. Mm. The whole quick reaction force of ODSTs got basically slaughtered. Yeah, that was fun. They're yeah. they're dropping it. And you're getting all hyper like ODST, and then you know, seven foot tall, massive alien with a sword that is half the length of his body, and you just, you just there goes the ODST. You don't see him no more. Maybe we shouldn't drop right on top of him. Let's drop like a hundred meters out. What was the thing that they had talked about earlier in that movie about dropping it behind enemy lines? <laughs> When I yeah, they did just kind of drop right there. When, when when Chief found Lasky and they were his getting squad, shot out immediately. And and, yeah. and La like they were uh, Chief was talking about the survivors, and he he was like in, on the base, and she was like, "No, on the planet." I'm like, "Oh my god, that's like, brutal shit." Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. It's... One of the odds that a heavily guarded military school for recruiting is like the last place that they have <laughs> We're kind of getting off track. Did the Covenant find that base, the 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 camp by and the base by accident, or did they? Was that like a tar? Was that like intentionally targeted? So the Either attack, one would make sense. Yeah, the the attack for for Corbulo Academy, uh, as far as I'm aware, um, when it was attacked, it was likely on accident because it was that checks out yeah because it was basically like had a tendency to the find covenant, humanity by accident. when the covenant found humanity they sort of just started pulling up to as many planets as they possibly could um there was no goal in mind aside from just you know try to scare humans into into submission basically which almost worked but uh not quite so there isn't really a clear reason as to why the Covenant attacked the the base, but it is pretty easy to assume that it was just part of the the Covenant's blitzkrieg that they did. Do you uh, do you journey. remember the name of the program they used to basically like go around and wipe all of the nav data off of 
like all the ships, including like privatized ships. Coal protocol. Coal, yeah, it was a coal. Coal protocol. Yeah. Yeah. So they had a hard time figuring out where shit was. Yeah, and that was the best part was they just they just started pulling up to places because they had no idea where to go. Uh, They did wipe out a good like six hundred human planets though. So, you know, on one hand we did it. On the other hand, damn. (laughs) Damn. Um, I'm I'm forgetting the years. (laughs) <laughs> what what year did Harvest happen compared to Ford Unto Dawn? 25, 25, 25, 26. Okay, so it's entirely possible that this was another thing where they were just looking for artifacts and oops, and there's humans, it. time to yeah, kill them. I mean, maybe exactly the, 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 the thing is, though, is that that's less likely to have happened because of how fast the, the Covenant escalated the situation after the first battle and also because, like I, like we had talked about before, it is very unlikely that they would have ever let a Luminary leave the high, leave high charity after that. True, true. So it is more likely that they were just like, here's the general vicinity of where humanity is. It, I mean, Harvest is in the outer colonies, so given that uh, Circinius... One thing really not hmm? really they weren't I don't weren't they before the Spartans too they weren't really actually like hunting down humans they're more looking for the Promethean technology yep. yeah the artifacts yeah they, 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 they would, before the they before they found anything relating to humanity their whole goal was to find forerunner artifacts and because it was part of their whole religion well, you just so happened to be there because we the prophets had the secret and then he's like oh yeah let's wipe them out because they're a parasite if they have yeah because that was the fun part because that was the fun part was that the luminaries were like they addressed humans as forerunner artifacts because we are so the sure fact that humanity existed contradicted the whole religion of the covenant yeah the leaded halo 2 scene with the arbiter and i've yeah 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 yeah. we've talked about some of the some of the plot like some of the lore gaps in the past that would have been a huge twist it would have been just to just to address it in case uh you guys don't know what's what we're talking about here um there was a leaked unfinished halo 2 cutscene where the arbiter discovers uh, was it a corpse that was like it was was a tomb it was a tomb and it yeah, and it was proving that forerunners and humans had a direct biological relation. Yeah, like he opened the uh, tomb, and then he opens the tomb next to three or three sparks, and then it's a human body. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Didn't know that. Yeah, it's it, and then of course things and everything. Yeah, but it got deleted. Then of course, or they cut it up. Things got uh, left ambiguous, and thus uh, Mr. Connor had the had the opportunity to completely swipe all that under the rug but who cares and you know what? i don't part- particularly care i i think the human forerunner division is cool i would have taken it either way i i'm just happy that it has some sort of expansion. i liked the lore of the prometheans i just didn't like fighting them no, <laughs> no <laughs> they I, I was, made... aren't even i definitely mm. and, and the prometheans aren't even necessarily forerunners they were basically like the soldiers of the forerunners right Yes. See, he remembers the the second yeah, episode yeah. of the show. <laughs> I think what's wild about the Prometheans is how between four and five, they both made some things better and made some things a lot worse. <laughs> so it kind of it kind of evened out. Yeah. To where they did not improve in how fun they were to fight at all. Mm. <laughs> yeah. The light um, rifle uh, got a whole lot better in between four and five. Yeah, that is no true. Shit. Yeah, the yeah. problem is it got better for them too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that thing hurts. I got. I don't. I, I like the idea of the soldiers as well, but like the fact, and like in Halo Five, there wasn't anything more annoying than trying to kill one, and it just starts blipping around everywhere. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I'm gonna have a fucking stroke. Yeah. <laughs> 
It was uh, terrible. I didn't like Watchers either. Before we get too far off track, uh, I want to loop it back say, around. We are going down a rabbit yeah, hole. Right? I, 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 I'm trying to, to manage this. Um, so I just wanted to bring up the notable events that have happened that included ODSTs because they've kind of been everywhere and they're really cool. Um, first and foremost, obviously, they were on Corbulo Academy during that battle. They didn't make it very long. They probably had probably 30 seconds of uh, actual field action and then died. <laughs> um, if that... Uh, there were some moments with, uh, with the battle of harvest and the battle of Arcadia where they made appearances. The, the most important one that you could probably find that's just like, yes, ODSTs are awesome. We love these guys, uh, would be during the events of the novel coal protocol, uh, where a, a ship gets captured and taken to the rubble and these ODSTs pull some wildly cool tricks to take down insurrectionists. Like, I'm talking, like, surviving out in space by using just the most wild techniques to make sure that you don't fly off into space. It was so cool. I highly recommend you it's read that novel. It's so sick. Which um, one was it? Cole Protocol. Okay. Cole Protocol. Yeah, yeah that, we'll that novel out. has probably ODSTs in, in their prime. I think it's probably one of the best ways to put it. It's so good. Um, they would participate in all sorts of different battles. Uh, it, other battles that are of note are things like what happened in New Jerusalem and Tribute, Ariel, all that stuff. Uh, Battle of Ariel is actually something that we address. But anyway, so there's also a little bit more with ODSTs in the um, uh, Kilo Five trilogy. A little bit, not a little. That's just <laughs> the whole <laughs> the whole plot. That's all it is. <laughs> it's not like the entire plot revolves around an ODST but I, team. But I was getting there because I'm working up chronologically, and Kilo Five is like ah, my after. Bad. Yeah, no, it's okay. No, it's okay. I hate you, but it's okay. I was excited. Um, <laughs> no, it's okay. I hate you. <laughs> I just want to talk to him. I just want to. I just want to shoot him. I just, just want to talk to him. I just want to talk to him. I just want to shoot him. Um. So the the ODSTs. Uh, aside from all of the different battalions and all these different uh, squads that they got formed up, because they have all sorts of different ones. They got like the second shock. They got the seventh shock, 105th. They got all sorts of stuff. Um, the most important ones are the ones that you see in Halo 2. That's the seventh shock troops to battalion. Um, you kind of see a combination of them with Halo 3 uh, when the, the portal opens and they're fighting on the arc. Uh, they have the 11th Marine Force Recon, which is sort of like marines and odsts intermingling into one single battalion uh it's really neat and then post-war because everything was hunky-dory after that of course nothing else happened that was bad um odsts <laughs> are tasked with ensuring that things don't get out of hand again uh it gets a little genocidal but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> Just a little. Talking <laughs> about their freedom and wanting to resist. Yep. Yeah, the Kilo 5 trilogy is uh, is an interesting read, but totally worth it. Uh, it's so good. It's a really good trilogy. Uh, and then, uh, aside from that... In the ODSC lore from Halo 2 to Halo 3, the armor change, has that ever been addressed? So it is, actually. This is a fun thing, because uh, so you guys have mentioned you've watched the We Are ODS Tree Tree. We Are ODS Tree trailer. The ODS Trees. Um, you've seen you've seen that trailer many times. Uh, that trailer takes place early in the Human Covenant War. So since it takes place early in the Human Covenant War, and Halo Reach shows us that even before Halo 2, they were wearing Halo 3-style ODST armor. 
Halo 2 armor is not like an older version of ODST armor. It's just a different design. And I'm not entirely sure what the major differences are, but I, I can say with confidence that the uh, that the style of ODST armor that is seen across, you know, Halo Wars, Halo 3, Halo Reach, uh, all of those games, they are all the same in of sorts there's obviously variants and improvements that are made along the way but the halo 2 armor was this like special i guess just difference um, it was really close to the concept right yeah pretty much uh like I'm, i've been i've spent a lot of time looking to see what they were doing like why they made change the design especially since they already had a design for halo 2 um and there's there's really no explanation. It's even more confusing because there are ODSTs in season th- two of Hunt the Truth, for example, and it's confirmed that in season two of Hunt the Truth, which Hunt the Truth takes place in like 2556, way after the events of Halo three, they're wearing Halo two armor. <laughs> so like it's just yeah. like it's a different suit, I guess. It's just a different design, a different. I'm gonna assume it has different functionalities, but that that's the thing with Halo is the art style is all over the place and canonically it makes it so hard for everything to make sense to be to be fair it this re- is a, this really, is a really less does. intense difference go with the headcanon of like on earth or inner colonies is going to have different requirements and that those suits are going to have the necessary the necessary stuff and yeah. then the general suit will be what we've seen like halo 3 is like the general ones and then the earth ones might be more suitable for earth yeah i just i just assumed that there was a design difference well let's let's be honest a big part of it is like graphics between no that's always tough to to factor in but but that's not that's not good enough for us we need an explanation damn it okay (laughs) (laughs) nanobots give me something (laughs) now you want to have a black armor in this but now it's a new graphics the one thing that really threw me for a loop when I came to like art style and armor and such, the opening cutscene for Halo Four when Halsey is talking to the Oni agents and she goes like they go back in time to like uh, I, I forget where it was or what city the Covenant was attacking, but like it, it was like at the start of the Covenant Human Covenant War, like very start, and everything and the, all the Spartans are all like in the Halo Four art style. I've yeah. never, and same thing with the saying Healy, never understood it. I'm like, I get like, you want to talk about like graphical changes and like art style changes and just, you know, think like, sure, whatever. But like, it really couldn't have been that hard to make them all look like they originally did to make it make sense. Right. It, it really couldn't have been that difficult. Well, don't I don't want to say what I'm thinking. For that. Nano machine. <laughs> Nano machine, son. Never forget though, Shane, that conversation we had with that one dude from 343 who basically confirmed for us personally that the art team was looking to make their own mark. And so, yes, everything. You, yes, but I just I mean, I can't say that's not valid, but I can definitely think it's a bad reason to do something like that. That doesn't make any well, yeah, sense whatsoever. It is a bad reason. That's the point. As long as we're on the same page with that. Fine. Like, whatever. I honestly forgot about that conversation. It sounds like there's a good reason to it, but it's it was awful. Yeah, yeah. But that's okay, just the way it was. I'm, I'm I'm glad we're on the same page that it makes absolutely zero sense. Every in everyone that. in three four three wanted to make their own mark on the franchise, and fine. by doing that, which you is fine. It up. It's really yeah, not. Which, 
No, I mean, make, I recognize that the council make, has a reason. Given, given that it's a stupid ass decision, <laughs> you, you can make a mark, but you can, you don't have to change things that don't need to be changed. You can just you know, Shane, you're so right. Here's the problem: you're not going to make them happy that way. How are they supposed uh, to feel self-important? Something that that's contract a conversation. I mean, and on top of it, they were contract. <laughs> we need to save this for the after show. We do. It's true. Because I, I got a fucking clip to unload. <laughs> uh, but I am looking at the different designs for the armors, and technically they have started clarifying a lot of uh, the the designs based off of I mean, what we've seen they have in, to. Uh, in concept. I mean, that's the one thing that 343 is really good at, is that they're really good at patchwork, I'd say. Um, if there's something that's missing, that's a good thing. And a should bad be thing. in lore. They just, I mean, I say it's a, I say it's a good thing because there are a lot of things that deserve answers. That, like they don't go as far well, yes, as something they, like Star every Wars time they lore, provide but. answers, it feels like that there's there's like a thousand questions to it. Well, not necessarily. You know some mean? of these some of these are completely understandable. Like I'm looking at the Halopedia entry for Nanobots. ODST armor specifically. And there's just different designs. Like, there's designs that are made specifically for sharpshooters. There's some that are just general. There's the bullfrog armor that they have their specific armor designed for using the jetpack. Um, the, the guys from Fireteam Raven, they all use different designs of the ODST armor that's designed for different specialties. So it's just, they kind of just clarified it as... They have their own different armor. Even the guys who were using the ODST armor in Halo Nightfall, yeah, that's they call it Nightfall because they're wearing Nightfall armor. Like that's it's a special Oni version of the ODST armor. They just have their own designs and designations. That makes sense, though. Yeah. Another thing that could be explained for uh, that could be an explanation for how the armor changes as time goes on is Hergok. Hergok, yeah. They love what tinkering with everything, and this is a little bit of a spoiler for the Kilo 5 trilogy, but the armor of the ODSTs on that mission, once they uh, met a Hurragok, they were like, hey, here's our armor, upgrade it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, that's, like, a, that's a good reason, but will it be utilized? Probably not. No, they but... Should. Uh, I mean, it's, it's like how they used the Hur they got the Hurragok, and they're like, okay... We are now going to we infinity is almost done. We're going to bring them to to infinity and take care of everything. Um, so it does make sense that that is a good explanation for not only the upgrades that the armor undergoes, but the constant changes to how they look. It I, not saying that this is what their reasoning is for how it changes, but it is something that they could use uh, to explain why it's why something looks like it's constantly changing. I mean, it is entirely possible. I mean, the, the most recent example that we have of ODST armors just being different across the board was actually uh, Halo Wars 2 with Sunray 1-1. They're the, the ODST squad that shows up in the uh, Operation Spearbreaker DLC for the game um, where you control a team of ODSTs that each have their own specializations. They're all wearing a different version of the ODST armor depending on their classification. Two of them are wearing the Halo 2 armor uh, like helmet and three of them are wearing well two of them okay two of them are wearing halo 2 helmet one of them was wearing a halo 3 odst helmet the other two are wearing something that looks closer to the halo reach helmet so it's it's neat that they're combining them that way because then that sort of bridges that gap for us 
But uh, we're actually nearing the end of our time, which is kind of... Wow, that was quick. It was, but it, it, yeah. this is actually fine because we basically reached the end of ODSTs and their utilization in war just because we, I mean, unfortunately... I feel like we, we covered a lot. The, unfortunately, haven't uh, seen much ODST action in the last three games. Uh, <laughs> it's just, need more. you know, we're, we haven't been shouting about it for the last 10 years or anything. It's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Halo ODST 2. Halo ODST 2. That's that's Stop. one thing I was gonna say. <laughs> I would be a big proponent of a game focused on ODSTs that now have the Spartan enhancements. So Republic Commando. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just want Battlefield with with Marines and ODSTs. That'd be so yes. sick. I, I just, Arma, yes. Arma three. I just yeah, want please give me a squad mod else like, to touch Halo. Galactic Battleground. <laughs> I mean, Galactic Contention. That would be but, great. Yeah. Halo. Please. Have you seen the Armor 3 mods? Where oh, yeah. people oh, yeah. are playing as I love the UNSC, that. and then other people play as the Covenant, and they they can even glass and everything. It's so I cool. haven't seen that one. It's so sick. It's so neat. I've well, only seen the Star Wars one. Uh, for now, before we get into our conversation, that is definitely going to have to be after show worthy. Thank you very much, dear listener, for listening to this episode of The Library. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed this conversation. Thank you again, uh, Josh and Anthony, for showing up on the show. It's really good to have you guys here. Just, I mean, you're technically, actually, according to chronologically when we recorded this, uh, you're the first guest that we've had on the show. We have uh, some others that are expected to join us hopefully soon, but you guys made it in first, so you beat all of them. So, exactly. Uh, next episode, we'll be talking about the Silent Shadow. We wanted to talk about the Special Forces of the Covenant since we just talked about the Special Forces of the UNSC. So hopefully you guys will join us for that one. Uh, and if you want to join us on the after show, you can feel free to head over to our Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash jumperscape. You can feel free to sign up there and you can join us as we talk about more than likely how things have been handled with uh, the implementation of things that fans may have wanted in the Halo franchise. But also we're going to be getting into some of how November Black is going and some of the other uh, short films that are either in development right now or have been released in the past. So we hope to see you guys there. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see the you The library next week. was produced and published by by Jumperscape Audio. Funding was provided by our fantastic patrons on Patreon. Big thanks to Dark Salad 42 and Connor Clark. If you enjoy the show and wish to support Jumperscape's future projects or get some sweet benefits, join our Patreon at patreon.com jumperscape or become part of this truly special community at discord.gg jumperscape. Thank you for your listenership and we hope you enjoyed.